Welcome to yet another episode of Fresh Off the Boat. I'm delighted to interview one of our students. Her name is Tanushri Pendharkar. She graduated from high school in 2018, and 2017-18 is when I sort of assisted her, guided her in some ways. And she is currently studying psychology and economics at Emory University in Atlanta. So uh, just to dive straight into questions, is uh, tell me about your expectations about college, like graduating from high school here in Gurgaon, and then going to a foreign country with some images of what American college life would be like. How was it different? Uh, so a little bit about my college before I answer that question. Uh, I go, I went to Oxford College of Emory University, which is a two-year college, residential college, and it's a an hour away from the city. And this coming fall, I'll be continuing on to the Atlanta campus at the sort of larger campus for Emory University, which is closer to the city. So uh, going. Going from Gurgaon all the way to America, and I have an older sister who's there as well, I had few misconceptions. I didn't think that it would be all that different. And um, considering that I'd been preparing with applications and looking at all of these websites, talking to so many people for the past two years, I was pretty confident. I thought I would do well. But um, the week before I left for college, the week that I was supposed to leave for college, uh, my mother actually got admitted to the hospital. She's fine now, but that week was just really bad for our family. My sister had to drop me instead. She could only stay with me for about a day or two, and then she had to go back. So whatever, whatever I had prepared myself for, everything that I built up in my head just sort of deflated that one week before I left for college. And... I was in a really bad headspace. I was not in an outgoing mood. I missed home terribly. And um, I just, uh, before leaving, I thought that this is finally my time to be independent, meet new people, learn more things about myself, grow as a person. And going there, I realized that I didn't want to do any of that. I was an hour away from the city. It was a small campus with a thousand students. So I, it immediately felt claustrophobic and I felt like I wanted to leave. So not very positive, but that's what my early days were like. Sure. Uh, yeah, that's uh, pretty honest of you to share this with us. But if you look back, even at, in those times when you're down and out, there could be people who might be your well-wishers or people who come out of the woods to sort of become your guardian angels. Did Emory Oxford College have uh, have something to do with it? Did you finally find your footing and found people that you could really share what you were going through? Yeah, I think that Oxford definitely had a huge role in that. And the reason why now, if I look back on it, I feel so positive about it, apart from the first couple of months I had over there, is because since we were so small, I had a lot of second-year students, a lot of sophomores who tried to reach out to me. And even though they didn't, they couldn't relate completely, um, at least tried to support me with what I was going through and tried to remind me that I was in a different place and... It was, it was up to me to take advantage of it. So it was the fact that it was such a small community combined with um, how 
I don't know, for lack of a better word, amazing the faculty and staff were. Like I can say today that I have a personal connection with both of the deans of my university, multiple faculty. I literally text them and I'm in touch with them through email and all of these terrible times. All of my friends I speak to virtually because it was such a small place that was able to foster those connections. So I definitely think that just being with other humans and finding that connection, even though I was so far away from home, understanding that even like people are not so different, no matter what part of the world you go to, that was a huge thing that helped me move on and um, take advantage of the fact that I was in Oxford and I was at Emory University. So once you got sort of settled in with the idea that you were happy and started focusing more on, say, academics. I know you always focused on academics, but uh, maybe uh, once you really liked where you were, did uh, signs of what you want to study become a lot more clear? And, uh, and what opportunities did you sort of sign up for in college to learn more about economics, more about psychology? And those two are your double majors. So yeah, can you elaborate on that whole journey? Um, so I went into college undecided, but economics and psychology were subjects that I'd studied in school as well. So I, and I knew that I liked them. Um, so I went in thinking that I'm undecided, but it's probably going to be something with that. But somewhere along the way at Oxford, I started enjoying math a lot because I really loved the way that they taught it in America. Um, and the critical approach to which we took for math because I found myself thinking about it in more than just sums and more than just what formulas do I have to memorize. So there was a hot second over there where I thought I would major in math. Um, but I think the reason I got drawn back to economics and psychology is because of the professors I had over there. So I um, this past semester, I did one class called Drugs and Behavior and my professor, was this eccentric lady and they say you can't teach that class unless you have first-hand experience so her class was more her sharing her anecdotes with us than sort of following what was on the syllabus or what she decided and i ended up learning more in that class than any other math course or any other lecture i've taken at oxford and I think that that's what drew me back to both psychology and economics because I realized that I do enjoy the human aspect of anything that I'm studying. And math didn't have a lot of that. Math was more analytical. Math was more um, academic, if you will say it. But economics and psychology, the courses that I took, everything I did had human interaction. All of my projects were about things that people were doing, thinking, feeling, spending right now. So. I really enjoyed that. So if you look at what's going on in the world right now with the COVID virus uh, kind of outbreak uh, and people, countries, <laughs> groups, companies, all have had to make fairly interesting uh, trade-offs. And many of those trade-offs are dependent on what humans would think or if they're laying off people, what signal are they giving? So what are your views on the merging of these two disciplines? Uh, and especially now, are you reading interesting material, text, uh, anything you want to share? Um, to be really honest, right now, I'm still in the phase where I'm more like studying about them and I'm not able to apply them too much to the world around me. 
So for that, what I've been doing is talking to people. I've been reaching out to the Oxford Alumni Network and by picking up informational interviews. And so I don't know if this relates to your question, but the internship I'm doing currently is a perfect intersection of both of these subjects. And it's a virtual internship. So it's with an executive coaching firm and I'm able to sort of help the executives or the people who have hired us to grow as leaders and grow as individuals. And what I understood is that no matter if we're in person, if we are looking at each other through screens, if we're even talking through the phone, some of those basic human issues will always be there. So um, the internship made me realize that what I'm studying is still relevant. It doesn't matter if we're working from home. It People are always going to need that connection and that's why what I'm studying is relevant because I'm able to foster those connections. I'm able to understand why, how to make those connections even better. Yeah, so I think that's a good answer. In a way, it segues into the next one, which I wanted to ask you was about future of work and uh, things like that. And this executive firm that you're working with, is it working with the CXO level people or senior middle category? And do you see your input in or other organizations input to lives of your clients at this stage uh, making some impact um so i don't i don't know what level of the organization it is but the one that i'm the project i'm working on right now is with the pharmaceutical company so what they're doing is definitely relevant right now and they they're still trying to you know push medicine out there and uh, they're creating a device i won't go into the details of that but since what they're doing is relevant their leadership and their management is also very relevant. And I think that the work that we're doing ensures that they have a smoother workplace relationship, which helps them push things out in a more productive manner. So I definitely think that what our firm is doing is something that's helping people even now and even in the COVID situation. And I think also post the I think you asked that, that post the COVID era, what will the workplace look like? Um, work from home is obviously going to be one of the largest changes because I know that a lot of people are seeing the advantages in that. And the way I'm preparing for that is sort of, I'm trying to pick up skills through my virtual internship right now. And also I was thinking once this gets over, I could do online courses that helps me develop not academic things and study more because I would rather do that through my university, but learn more skills that would be useful, not just in a virtual setting, but also if I ever have to, if, I, if I'm lucky enough to get back to that in-person thing soon. One, one more question related to work though. Uh, you mentioned something about leadership as training or leadership coaching as part of the company's profile. I know you're currently an intern, uh, but do you get an understanding of what you like about leadership and uh, experiences so far? Have you learned something which maybe would be worth sharing? Um, I think I've learned that every leader is different. So I was all I think I was laboring under the misconception that leaders have to be these strong, powerful people with a big following. But uh, from everything that I've seen so far, because my mentor is really nice and she lets me 
sort of be on all of the calls that she's doing. She asks me for work. She asks me for reports specifically that she uses further. So I, I don't feel like I'm doing useless work. I feel like I'm, I'm getting an insight into her industry. And that insight is that um, every leader is different and it doesn't matter what you're trying to get through. Only if you develop the skills that you have, will you be able to be effective. And I don't know, I like it sometimes, but other times I think that I can't always, I can't spend too much time with people trying to work with them and make them better because that might affect my sanity at the end of the day. So it's right. still exploring. Super. So I think we'll switch gears now and talk about uh, you. And as in, so the first question is more like a rapid fire. Uh, what are the three adjectives to describe Tanushree? Okay. Um, I'm good. yeah, I'm good at communication. So I and that just doesn't mean that I speak well. I like to talk to other people. I like to hear about their experiences. I'm positive, which is a total 360 from me two years ago. It's my experiences in college that have made me this more of a positive person. And um, I'm an active person. So I'd, I lo- I'd rather like learning things than sort of having things on my resume. I like to improve. Super. Okay. Next one is, uh, what would be your biggest learning from a failure or a mistake? Um, I think this is similar to what I spoke before, but it, it was definitely my closed attitude was my biggest failure going into college. And I feel like I wasted, well, I won't say wasted because all of those experiences made me, helped me get to where I am right now. But um, I definitely wish I could go back and take more advantage of things in Oxford. I mean, I miss it so much. And I was robbed of my last two months there because I had to come back halfway through spring break. So uh, that's one of my biggest failures is that I didn't have the right attitude going into college. But I feel like now what I've learned from that is no matter what situation I'm thrown into, if it's unfamiliar, I'll be fine because I know I've dealt with it before and I can do it again. It's interesting because now if you look at kids who are graduating from college or kids who've just graduated from high school in India, they're in the limbo and it's very frustrating for them, family, everyone around them to see there's so much uncertainty in their lives, educational as well as career goals are kind of all in a disarray uh, situation. What advice would you give people who are very confused and disappointed with what's going on? Um, So I think my biggest advice would be to talk to as many people as you can. Talk to people who are senior to you, who are older to you, and find out what they're doing and learn more about how they're reacting to this. And I understand that everyone's in the same position and no one's sure about what's going to happen. But... For me, when I'm faced with uncertainty, if I speak to other people, I'm able to gain more perspective and try to make a decision from what they've done. And specifically for students who are applying to colleges right now, I think my biggest advice would be to apply. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Like, don't just apply to one country if you have the privilege of being able to apply abroad. But um, if you do, don't just apply to one country because you never know what's going to happen um, with the coronavirus situation in the coming year. 
um, I know that places like New Zealand, Australia have a, have had a great response, and maybe those are country, countries worth considering applying to because you definitely want to have that in person college experience. You don't want your first year to be virtual. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's you know it's interesting how many universities are now coming out with uh, some sort of uh, announcements as to how they'll probably move to online for the first semester and then no clear idea of when in-person classes will start. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also a question about reimagining the future of education. How, what do you think uh, if this becomes a norm, uh, how can we add the social in the online to get education be a bit closer to the human interaction we all crave? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, well, I think that uh, not everything is going to go online fully. I do think that at some point they will start encouraging smaller meetings. Like take India, for example, today in lockdown 4.0, there are so many places in Delhi that have reopened, so many marketplaces. People are allowed to go to another a friend's house, you know, and interact with them. So you still have smaller groups that can get together. So I think that while you would have a larger online lecture with everyone logging in, um, maybe there could be mandatory meetings of smaller groups with the instructor or the professor. And that, honestly, I feel like it's a better option than what's going on right now, because it definitely has the one-on-one personalized and students tend to learn more. They feel mentored, things like that. So that could be one way going forward to keep the larger classes online and then keep smaller in-person sessions, discussion classes. Um, yeah, that would be a good way. Right, makes sense. For Meet for things that are really required, maybe uh, lab discussions, uh, project work, but the rest of it could be done at a distance. Uh, it's going to be different, but yes, hopefully uh, colleges will start welcoming students back. Uh, okay, now I'm going to switch to a time when you were applying and the kind of questions you had in your head, as well as the help you would seek from mentors, including the team at EdBrand. What are your fondest as well as not so great memories about the process and also memories about the work you did with EdBrand? Um, So the process, I think my not so happy memories were focusing on the rankings. I feel like I got really caught up in numbers and grades and rankings. And um, because of that, it clouded my decision making and my even my initial college list. And looking back, I don't think a lot of them were the right fit for me. Um, and I think I would I would have loved to introspect first before choosing those colleges and choosing them on the basis using rankings as a, as a cutoff maybe as one of the criteria and then I don't know this is really basic advice but this is the b- biggest mistake that I made and this is what I would like to change um, and then my fondest memories I think I actually interned with you also last summer so my first summer back as a college student. And it was a wonderful internship, I think. Uh, I loved working with you, with the team, uh, because they were all mostly, they were what, within five years, 10 years of me. So it felt like a very natural, casual relationship. I made a lot of friends. And um, 
I was able to work in the new office. I I even drew on the blackboard, the black walls once I think. So yeah, those are some of my fondest memories. Yeah, those memories. are lovely. They're still there. So you're welcome back <laughs> in lockdown 4.0. <laughs> okay, yeah. great. Um, so one last uh, question is, uh, what advice would you give? Of course, you've talked about advice and choosing colleges. Is there anything else you would uh, want to share with high school students applying this year? I think I would say be excited. So I was really wrapped up in my, I enjoyed my high school journey. And I know that um, I was lucky enough to do that. Not everyone has the same experience, but I enjoyed it so much, in fact, that I was not willing to move on. I did not want to let it go. And I want to say that be excited to look ahead. And it's okay. I know you have your entire world, but think about it like you're still holding on to that world with one hand, but you have your other hand reaching forward to all these new people you're going to meet and your independence, your freedom, your growth as a person. So, and the way to be excited is to just use the internet, look things up, speak to people. I I think that there are so many wonderful things about Oxford that I still haven't gotten a chance to experience just because my first year there, I was closed and I was in a shell and I wasn't excited. So be excited. So I can clearly sense the skip in your step <laughs> across mm -hmm. the two screens that we have. So yeah. you definitely are a lot more energized and uh, and energizing to uh, someone kind of uh, apart from these two sort of glass mirrors. But uh, so happy to have uh, connected with you today, Tanushree. It was great talking to you. Thank you for including me.